and that he wouldn't latch on one certain side and like shoving his head against my breast, like I said, and he was screaming and he was so hungry. And I could tell like his food source that he had had for nine months was instantly cut off. And like, he was so hungry and just screaming and he just wanted to be fed. I was like, guys, just give him formula, please. Just give him formula. We can try again later. You're listening to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast, where you'll gain the knowledge and confidence you need to erase the unknowns of pregnancy and birth and rock the newborn days like a boss. My name is Liesl Team. I'm a fellow mom, labor and delivery nurse, and your host. Each week on this podcast, you'll hear a mix of birth stories, expert interviews, and other fun pregnancy and birth-related content. As a reminder, anything you hear on this podcast is not medical advice please see mommylabornurse.com slash disclaimer for more details. And now let's get into this week's episode. Happy Monday, you guys. So this week on the Mommy Labor Nurse podcast, I have Jordan joining me to talk about her birth story. Jordan is a black woman and first time mom who had a fairly uneventful pregnancy, but unfortunately she dealt with some traumatic events that occurred during the birth of her son. Jordan tells me in the episode that while pregnant, she had educated herself about the racial disparities that unfortunately exist here in the U.S., and she felt informed and prepared going into her birth. She really never thought that she would actually be treated any differently because of the way that she looked. And while she can't say for sure that her ill treatment was 100% race-based, it still happened. And trauma like this isn't something that anyone should have to deal with, regardless of your race, your sexual orientation, your religious beliefs, anything else like that. I think stories like these are so important to shed light on, and I am so happy to share Jordan's today. So let's dive right in. Creating a baby registry is no easy task. There are a lot of baby products out there and it's so hard to know what you actually need. That is why I created our free baby registry checklist. It's a no frills list of the stuff that you actually need to care for your baby in the first six months of life. We broke it down into categories for you to keep it super organized and easy to follow. With this guide, you'll know exactly what you need and won't be wasting space, time, or energy on baby products that aren't just essential. To grab this free baby registry checklist, simply head over to mommylabornurse.com slash baby registry, and it will be in your inbox in minutes. That's mommylabornurse.com slash baby registry to grab yours today. Hi, Jordan. Welcome to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast. Thanks so much for being here today with me. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Can you start by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself, your family, where are you from, anything you want to share at all? Yeah. So I am Jordan. I am 25 years old. I am mom to Noah, who just turned seven months old yesterday. I live in Maslin, Ohio with my husband, Chris, and our two cats, Grady, Sebastian. And then I work full-time at a nonprofit. We do like foster care adoption, that sort of stuff. So that's fun and gets me out of the house. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love it. You said your cat's name is Gravy and Sebastian? Yeah. Grady, like G-R-A-D-Y. Like gravy, like that you put on mashed potatoes? No, D like dog. Oh, D, Gra- Grady. <laughs> Got it. I was like, gravy? That's an right. interesting name for a cat. Cool. 
it. Well, we are going to be talking about your birth today, correct? Yes. Yeah. So usually what I have people do is kind of go back to the beginning. Tell me, not in detail how you got pregnant, but tell me, you know, getting pregnant and how that was. And then we'll talk about your pregnancy a little bit. And then we can get into birth story. So I got pregnant. So my husband and I, it was shortly after Valentine's Day and we were talking about trying and it was kind of a conversation where I was like, no, like it's not going to happen anytime soon. And I was very specific because I didn't want a December baby because I'm a December baby. So I was like, no, like if it doesn't happen this month, we'll go ahead and like skip a month and then try again. But infertility kind of, I don't want to say runs in my family, but it kind of like there is a family history of infertility. So I was like, well, it's going to happen to me. So like, it's not going to happen. And then of course it happened first try. Don't really know how I got to be so lucky, but yeah. So got pregnant the first try, which is not what we were thinking was going to happen. Yeah. But yeah, kind of. And I mean, my pregnancy went super well the whole time and there was nothing really like, wrong ever the only thing that I had was um, one of those sub subacronic hematomas yeah subcurionic hematomas just did you have like bleeding in the first trimester yeah it was like very very light and I mean they were like hey this is a thing like completely don't do anything for two weeks and then yeah. come back and then it was gone yeah but yeah just it happened the first try yeah it was due in November I was actually due on Thanksgiving so that was fun. Spoiler alert, my baby did not come on Thanksgiving. So. Oh. <laughs> okay, well, darn. But I mean, that's okay, you know. <laughs> I didn't really want to spend Thanksgiving in a hospital anyway, so yeah. I was okay with it. Yeah, yeah, no, I feel you on that. Well, good to always hear that pregnancy went well. So tell me if you want to fast forward or if there's anything pertinent you want to say that happened during your pregnancy. Otherwise, we can fast forward. And what I usually like to tell people to do is kind of tell me about the days leading up to when it happened and what was, you know, what you were doing and then get right into it. So I would actually like to add, while I was pregnant, I actually got all three COVID vaccines. Ah. So I got the first one at seven weeks, second one at 10 weeks. And then I got the booster. I believe I was, I think it was Halloween weekend. So I think I was like 37 weeks or something gotcha. because I wanted to be sure to get the booster before. But your friend, Marta Perez on Instagram, she, she was one of the people kind of helped me make that decision because I was very nervous because this was I mean February of like new and everything and so I was like well I don't really know what to do so yeah Yeah. but she kind of helped make that decision for me so but I am ultimately glad that I got it especially while pregnant because so I mentioned that my due date was Thanksgiving so that would have been a Thursday but then by the dating it was like my ultrasound said the Thursday and then my last month period set the Tuesday and so they're like which one do you want and I was like well let's just pick Tuesday I guess it got moved to that Tuesday and so it was okay so like two weeks before I stopped working because I was convinced the entire time like I'm gonna be early like I'm gonna go early I know it's gonna be early I just had November 19th in my head for so long and then whenever November 19th came and went I was like what in the world I guess I was wrong yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) and so I was just like super frustrated but I was already off of work because I was just not 
like my temper was getting very short at work and I was like, mm. I'm just going to mm. go early. I'm done. Yeah. And so I was just kind of bebopping around. I was trying the mile circuit. I was trying everything to induce labor because I was like, I'm bored. I want to be working. I, I just want to get this baby out and have somebody to hang out with. Yeah. And so nothing was working. And Thanksgiving, we just kind of stayed at home with my husband, I and the cats. We just kind of hung out. We got Thanksgiving dinner delivered from Bob Evans. And oh. so that was very good. Was it good? It was like a good oh, Thanksgiving so dinner? Good. Yeah, it was. Uh, they do like, you just, they make it and then you just kind of warm it up. Uh-huh. And so, yeah, it was, it was a good Thanksgiving dinner. That's nice. I mean, it's super convenient too. Like sometimes that's just what you need. You know, you don't, yeah. you're like, I don't want to cook all this stuff. <laughs> well, and all of our families, like we live like a half an hour away minimum from mm. all of our families. And so uh, it's like, well, what if I go into labor or what yeah. if something happens? So we just kind of made everybody come to us. And so Thanksgiving came and went. My husband and I, we just went out for a walk, tried curb walking because at this point I'm two, three days past due and I'm just like, there's still no baby. And that and everybody was texting me and driving me. It's so annoying. <laughs> and I was like, leave me alone, please. Like I was already just so emotional. I was sad. So Thanksgiving came and went, no baby. Black Friday, we just kind of hung out, did a whole lot of nothing. And so it was probably about seven o'clock that night. I was just really sad and crying. And I was in bed and I was like, don't talk to me. Like, I'm going to be in the Guinness Book of World Records for the longest pregnant person. Like, the baby's never coming. And I was just crying. Yeah. And so finally, I got out of bed and I was like, all right, I'm going to go make myself. I will always remember this. I wanted box macaroni and cheese, like just craft mac and cheese. And I was like, this sounds great. So I went to the restroom before and there was like blood and a lot Uh of blood. And the whole time in pregnancy, they're like, if there's ever any blood, like call us. That's not good. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is, and I should also add the whole, my family history of miscarriage like after the whole miscarriage thing Mm -hmm. after that didn't happen I was terrified of like having a stillbirth or something just because I was like I was just kind of always waiting for the other shoe to drop and I was like something has to go wrong and so immediately whenever I saw the blood I was like how am I going to carry this baby to 40 weeks and three four days at this point and now something bad's gonna happen like I'm just I was just always waiting and so I'm like freaking out. I called the doctor, like the on-call at seven o'clock. And so it's just an answering service. And they're just kind of like, well, it's past 20 weeks, like go straight to the hospital. And so from the time that I went to the restroom to the time that we got to the hospital, it was 30 minutes and we lived 20 minutes away from the hospital. So like mm-hmm. we really like got ourselves together, left the spare key for our friends, watched cats. Like we were just kind of moving and grooving. So we get to the hospital. And we're like filling out all the paperwork and they do everything. And we kind of, we left our stuff in the car because we didn't really know what was going to happen. We were just like, I think we were kind of in denial. We were like, no, we're not having a baby like tonight. And I should also add that my husband ran a red light on the way to that hospital. Oh, And so I will always hold that over his head because like <laughs> he did it on accident because he was so nervous. And oh. <laughs> yeah, so I'll always hold that over his head. And so we get into the room and we get checked in and everything. And 
the nurse, she's kind of like doing all the intake, whatever, all the asking all the questions. And she like wasn't super kind. Like I told her, she's like, Oh, like what's your birth plan? And I was like, Oh, like I don't want to do any medication. And she was like, No medication at all. And just like very like not supportive of what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of like red flag number one. And then red flag number two, the doctor like the on-call doctor, like the emergency, because I got admitted to emergency, like OBED. And so like that doctor was, gave me like the roughest cervical check ever. And like pulled out just like, I don't want to be graphic, but like a glove full of blood. And was like, oh yeah, it's fine. It's just bloody show. And I was like, everything that I've seen, that's not what bloody show was. And they just, kind of were very dismissive of like because we were like okay like what's going on can you kind of get us and so at that point I was I think two centimeters dilated like I wasn't super dilated at all and that's actually what I was at my Monday appointment that I had but like I hadn't changed so I'm trying to get my story straight oh it's okay I wanted to ask you were you having any contractions or anything or you just went in for the bleeding okay yeah so it's just the bleeding gotcha because and I mean we were freaking out yeah and so yeah Yeah. just the bleeding and then they're like okay well like nothing's wrong with you so we're just gonna hook you up to the monitor and you can hang out for a few hours and see and then just kind of let me be and so my husband and I we were just like watching tv and trying to take our minds off of it because we were both terrified and I mean the baby was still moving and everything and I was on the monitor and then probably about an hour later I like felt something and I was like this is weird and I was like is this what a contraction is because I googled what does a contraction feel like so many times yeah because like I'm a first time mom. I don't know what it feels like. Yep. And so like, I just kind of kept it to myself and I like pulled out the little contraction timer app that I downloaded thinking that this was going to be the day that I was going to do it. And like, so I timed it. I timed like two or three of them, I think. I was like, man, I think these are contractions. And then so I told my husband, I was like, Hey, like, I think I've been having contractions for like 15 minutes, but I'm not sure. And so he was like, um, and you didn't want to tell me? And I was like, well, I wanted to be sure before I, like, got us all hyped up. And so they come back in, like, two hours later. I had pretty consistently been having contractions. And so they're like, all right, well, let's do another cervical check. And so they checked me again, and I was four centimeters. And so I was like, all right, that was fast. Cool. Yeah. So, yeah, they went ahead and admitted us. And then, like I said, we left our stuff in the car. And the, like, first nurse, she, I was, Chris was like, okay, like, we're going to go get our stuff. Mind you, at this time, it's probably, like, 9, 10 o'clock at night. And so, you know, we're in for a night of labor. I thought we were going to have a baby by noon. And so Chris was like, hey, like, I'm going to run out to the car, grab our bags and whatever. And she was like, you don't need your bags. You don't need anything from the car. And we were like, we're going to go into the car and get our stuff. Okay, yeah. Yeah, like we had snacks, we had, I mean, Chris had clothes, yeah. I had clothes too, and like chargers, like all of the... Like, let me go get like, my bag, lady. Like, yeah, just, like okay. <laughs> what is it to you if I can yeah. get my stuff? Yeah. But yeah, he did end up going and getting our stuff, but it was just like, very like, don't tell me what I do and don't need, I yeah. guess. Like, this is my labor and my baby, so just kind of leave me alone. So basically, we 
they did call my doctor and say like, hey, she's being admitted. This is kind of what's going on. And so he was like, okay, like I'll be there at 7 a.m. So from basically we were like, all right, we're having babies. So I mean, labor picked up and like I was progressing and everything and all night, labored all night, did not sleep. So that was fun. But yeah, I mean, we were in high spirits. We were doing good. And then seven o'clock came like 7 a.m. My doctor came in and he was like, all right, I'm going to break your water. But it was not like, uh, is it okay if I break your water? And so at that point I felt very like pressured. And I was like, well, I've heard that whenever the water gets broken, like a lot of the time it can speed it up. And so I was yeah. like, all right, well, cause I was already at seven centimeters too. And I was like, oh, okay, wow. cool. Like, yeah. So I progressed really quickly and I was like, all right, we're going to have a baby by noon. It's like, we're doing good. And then, so they broke my water and I stalled very hard. And I think that the problem was, I think it was more of a mental thing for me, which is why I stalled like partially, but like nobody tells you whenever they break your water, you leak like every time that you get up and move and stuff. And so I was like, I don't want to get up and move around. Like I don't, because I was like leaking all over the place and I was like well I'm just gonna leave a trail and then I was you know just I didn't want to leave a trail of amniotic fluid everywhere that I went and so because of that I stopped getting up and I stalled and so I mean I was still laboring and stuff and I was doing really good at like dealing with the pain I guess yeah and so then I forget what time it was I wish I had a time stamp on it but another nurse, obviously the shift changed. And so another nurse came in and she was like, hey, like, we're really going to recommend you start Pitocin just to kind of get your contractions back up and like try to get you progressed. And so I, at that point, I was a little bit more with it to be like, well, can you give me five minutes and like, let's talk it over. And so my husband and I did decide to go ahead and do the Pitocin. So they started that. And whenever they started that, it did help obviously with the contractions but it was very like very intense like I remember taking like 10 second long naps and like I'm not even joking 10 second long naps between contractions because that was like I was so tired it hurt so badly like just everything hurt so much worse and so I will also add anybody that is probably from this area knows that Ohio State and Michigan they're like rival football teams and so that was the same day that that rival football game was happening oh okay and so yeah so my husband actually went to Ohio State and so we were watching the game this whole time that I was off Tosin and that was also the first time in 10 years that Michigan beat Ohio State oh and so yeah so it was a big day yeah a lot of our families and stuff because my dad's a Michigan fan and my husband's an Ohio State fan and you know so that game was playing the entire time and I think it started at noon so I didn't have my baby like noon like I thought but so I did have a cervical lift like I felt really pushy but they were like no like you can't push like you need to soften your cervix a little bit more and whatever so they kind of helped me put me in a position to do that but it didn't really like, like I said, the contractions were so intense and so just like close together. And I was exhausted because at this point I had probably been up for probably like almost 48 hours because I had woken up Friday morning and it was now Saturday at like probably like three o'clock. Right, right. 
I don't think I did that math right, but regardless, <laughs> it, it was, was a long, long time. time. Yeah, yeah, it was a long time. <laughs> but finally, I did get fully dilated. I started pushing, and so this is yet another nurse because this nurse came in, and so the pushing, I was very like out of it in labor land, and so. I was very much like not talking to anybody, just kind of moaning and doing, you know, labor charges pushing. She was kind of showing you how to do it. They did put like a oxygen mask on me because I was, I don't really know, to be honest. I just remember having a mask on me and my husband feeding me ice chips, like between pushes. So I started pushing and the charge nurse kind of stepped over and she was kind of telling me like what to do. And it was, we were doing purple pushing essentially, which I was okay with, but yeah, so I started pushing and apparently his head was stuck on my tailbone. Ah. And so she stuck her hand inside of me without telling me or asking me or like, you know, there was no no explanation. Yeah. Yeah. And mind you, you didn't have an epidural or anything. Yeah. I I did not have an epidural. And so she stuck her hand inside of me and I was I guess with it enough to be like, hey, stop it. That hurts. And then she told me that if she didn't do that, then I would be pushing for four hours like she did with her child. Ugh. And so like my husband did credit to him. He did jump in and was like, hey, like cut her some slack. This is her first kid. Like, yeah. you know, kind of defending my honor, I guess, which good on him because he's not one for confrontation. But yeah, so she told me that. I only pushed for 50 minutes, by the way, 5-0. Oh, wow. Yeah, and so he came out. He was perfect. I don't want to just keep anybody or to keep everybody up to track. I was 40 weeks and five days pregnant whenever he was born after the Ohio State-Michigan game where Michigan lost. But yeah, he came out. He was eight pounds, nine ounces. And the Ooh. first words that I said were, oh my gosh, he's so chunky. Aww. Which he was technically large for gestational age. Uh-huh. And so they had to like prick his heel a bunch of times for like these glucose and stuff. And then the same nurse that told me that if she didn't stick her hand inside of me, she kind of took all the credit. Like to me, she took all the credit because a lot of the other nurses that were kind of in and out, they were like, oh my gosh, that turned so quick. And she's like, yeah, I know. She didn't like what I did, but I had to do it. And yeah, she was not like that was not at all what I needed. Don't worry. There's more with her because she was not, she was not great. And so, yeah, he came out. We got skin to skin for a good while. I did have, I believe, a second degree tear, but they stitched that up and everything was good. Yeah, everything was better than I kind of expected it other than the little other than the hospital staff honestly like that was the only part of it and I don't know if it's just me kind of overthinking or if it actually is what happened but I think that the fact that I am a black woman had something to do with it as sad as that is and I mean I did all the research before and I was like oh my gosh this is something and so I was terrified of it so it could just be me like overanalyzing but like I do think that that partially had something to do with it or uh, either that or my other kind of idea is I delivered at a like Catholic hospital and I'm covered in tattoos oh so I don't know if maybe that also had something to do with it but it's just such a shame yeah 
could have just been any like somebody just having a bad day but regardless so yeah he came out we had golden hour I really wanted to breastfeed I was super into it I took the milkified course is that what it's called milkify yeah milkology milkology yes 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 yeah, so I took the milkology course I was super stoked on that and then he would not latch oh which the charge nurse who also happens to be the IBCLC at the hospital of oh, course boy. was trying to help me yeah. and she was like shoving his head to my breast and like kind of telling me like one of my like like my anatomy she was telling me like that my anatomy wasn't good for breastfeeding and that he wouldn't latch on one certain side and like shoving his head against my breast like I said and he was screaming and he was so hungry and I could tell like his food source that he had had for nine months was instantly cut off and like he was so hungry and just screaming and he just wanted to be fed I was like guys just give him formula please just give him formula we can try again later like I wasn't super impressed with that either honestly at the time and so we gave him formula he was fine he had the bottle he was good and so we all fell asleep all three of us I was exhausted my husband was exhausted but like I said he was LGA and so he had to get his heel pricked and so the nurses like came in and kept like pricking his heel but wouldn't wake me up and so they would just like scurry out with, and like leave me a screaming baby and it's like <sighs> just Aww. let me know like wake me up and be like hey I'm gonna prick his heel like he's probably gonna want cuddles or something that's no that's horrible yeah and it was just not a good time because I was woken up after getting like two hours of sleep but they did come in and weigh him and do all of that and so the one nurse that was doing all of that she put him on the baby warmer and she was like hey like I need to go and grab something I'll be right back and so we were in the room and my husband's kind of like standing over there and like talking to him and stuff and then the baby warmer like starts going off like saying that it's like getting too hot I guess and so the charge nurse comes in and she was like, did you guys put him on the baby warmer? Why did you do that? Like, did anybody tell you to? And we were like, we didn't put him on the baby warmer. Why would we go over and put him on a baby warmer when like, I can just snuggle with him? You know, like, why would I, I don't know. It was just like her blaming us for something that one of her nurses did. And it's like, even if I did, leave me alone, like get out of here. Because I was already just irritated with her and her behavior and everything that she said to me at that point and I was just over her and I was like every time that she came in the room I just didn't talk to her because of how she treated me and it was just hard yeah it was just she was not great so we got moved to the postpartum floor and then I actually only stayed in the hospital after he was born a little over 20 probably like 26 hours because I just really wanted to go home I was just like I felt really good and I was like all right, cool, like, let's go home, let's get this show on the road, and so we did go home on Sunday night, and so we had a baby, everything was good, other than the treatment that I received in the hospital, everything went better than I know a lot of people, and I try not to, like, make it seem like, oh, I don't have birth trauma, because I don't want to make it seem like, oh, I don't have any birth trauma, but I do, and I'm trying really hard to say, like, I have birth trauma. And yes, it might not be as bad as somebody else's birth trauma, but I still have birth trauma. 
All right, the sound of that baby crying means it's time for this week's segment of Birth It Up Babies. This one says, I just wanted to thank you so much for your content and course. This was my second labor, but my first was traumatic when I wasn't educated on advocating for myself or having pain management tricks. Epidural failed. Yikes. I had my baby girl yesterday and was confident in my body and contractions. The epidural did work and I had such a positive experience. Knowing that I was ready for any scenario really helped. Thank you. Oh, I love it. Do you already know you want an epidural? Make it an informed epidural birth with Birth It Up, the epidural series, an online birth class for mamas that are planning an epidural birth. I think I just said epidural about five times in that sentence. As you've probably noticed, most online birth classes are either geared for mamas that want to go natural or they're super generic. What gives? Seriously. (laughs) We know that childbirth education leads to a more positive birth experience, so a birth class that suits your specific needs only makes sense. Get educated about the entire birth process from your first contraction through your hospital stay after birth. Learn how to manage the pain of labor before your epidural is placed. Discover the benefits, potential side effects, and what to expect from your epidural placement and erase every ounce of unknown and fear surrounding your birth. Birth It Up! The Epidural Series will leave you feeling confident and in control for the big day. Learn more at mommylabornurse.com slash epidural birth. That's mommylabornurse.com slash epidural birth. All right, let's get right back into this week's episode. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter what it is. It matters how you feel about it. Yeah. And so, well, I think that's all. Do you want me to talk about postpartum? We can talk a little bit about postpartum. I do want to say before we talk about that, on behalf of all labor and delivery nurses, that I'm sorry that you had the care that you did by that nurse, because that is not a representation of who a labor and delivery nurse or any nurse really should behave with patients. I mean, I know because I did have great nurses, especially like in the postpartum unit. I did have great postpartum nurses. Yeah. She's just, you just got a bad apple. Yeah. It was just her and the one at admission that was like, you don't need your stuff and just like very like not supportive of me. But Yeah. yeah, I did have some other really great nurses. I will say that. Good. I'm glad that maybe they restored your faith and that yeah. like, okay, like there are actually some good nurses out there. Yeah. And I will say uh, we did take a baby class, like we took your mm. course, but mm-hmm. we also did like a baby class at the hospital. Yeah, yeah. And the nurse that did that class, she actually came in, she recognized the last name, or last name is Gertzbaugh. And so, you know, you kind of see and you're like, oh, I know them. And so she did see our names and she came and checked on us and like, you know, she remembered us and that made us feel really good. So yeah, there were some good nurses, but just the two and then the doctor that kind of dismissed my feelings and when I was like, hey, I'm bleeding a lot. And he was like, you're fine. Yeah, that's not good either. I am curious too, during your prenatal care, were you impressed or like, did you have a good relationship with your doctors during your prenatal care? Were there any red flags there? So the doctor that gave me the rough cervical check, he was actually the on-call doctor. My doctor was fine. I already kind of talked to my husband. I was like, if we do have another baby one day, like I'm definitely not going to go there anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And then in postpartum, I will say it made me kind of dislike my doctor even more because he was not like that whole experience was not 
great whenever we get to that but yeah I'm definitely like I'll go there for my yearly exams and stuff but yeah yeah if I get pregnant again I'm definitely going to not go to them ever again that's what you should do (laughs) I agree with that so let's talk about postpartum a little bit because I know you had sort of a rough time yeah so I probably got from the time that he was born to present day I probably got Noah to latch maybe three times like well. And so there was actually a nurse in a hospital and she was like, I did bring my breast pump to the hospital just because I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. And I actually remembered looking at Chris while I was pumping once. And I was like, I do not see myself to be an exclusive pumper. Like I had heard of the term. I knew what it was. I knew that the baby never went to the breast. And I was like, I just had this magical dream of breast and that's not happening and I do think that a lot of it had to do with kind of the nurse doubting my abilities which is why I kind of got myself all psyched out about it and so there was a nurse in the hospital and she was like well you have your breast pump like just pump and do whatever and so I just kind of pumped when I remembered while I was in the hospital and then while I was kind of I think it was after I got home I kind of just started doing like research into exclusive pumping. And I was like, well, I need to get my milk in. I need to figure out how to feed the baby. Like, yeah. Yeah. And I remember the night that we came home from the hospital, my husband was washing bottles because all of a sudden we were using formula and we hadn't planned on using formula and we hadn't washed any of the bottles and we didn't have a drying rack and we didn't have formula. And it was just a lot. And so I just kept doing research and I found a bunch of really great Instagram accounts that helped me kind of be an exclusive pumper and told me you need to pump eight times a day around the clock every two to three hours as much as you can pump the baby eats and so for probably like three months I pumped eight to ten times a day every two hours around the clock and it was a lot it was just very draining luckily my husband is super great and he would always like feed the baby while I pumped. He would always take the baby. I got really good at uh, pumping while feeding the baby. And honestly, I think that, I mean, I love exclusive pumping. It was, it's great. It was great for my family. It was great for my mental health. And honestly, I could not have done it without the Instagram accounts that I followed, as silly as that sounds. Yeah. The picture method saved my life. I froze so much milk, like, because right now I'm not pumping anymore. I made it seven months and now he's just on frozen milk which that's going to run out in about a month but I did it for as long as I could yeah and I like I'm really proud of myself for it as silly as it sounds oh it is not silly that exclusive pumping is an Olympic sport (laughs) you know it like it's a lot (laughs) yeah it was so hard and that and like I felt so just shameful about it in the beginning because Everybody was always asking like, oh, like, is he breastfed? And especially now with the formula shortage, everybody's like, oh, is the formula shortage affecting you? And it's always like, well, no, like he's breastfed. And then they like see me give him a bottle. And he's About, like, yeah. I thought he was breastfed. And it's like, no, like he is exclusively breastfed just from a bottle. And like working on getting to be, I guess, proud of that was hard. But now it's just like, I feel good about it and I was able to provide breast milk for my baby. But yeah, so exclusive pumping. And then about, I want to say three and a half months postpartum, 
So at my six week appointment, my doctor's office asked like, do you have any postpartum depression? And I was like, well, aren't you guys supposed to be telling me that? Like (laughs) what's going on? And yeah. And I was like, I don't think I do, but whatever. And I mean, I had a history of depression. So like, I was kind of always afraid of like doing it. And so I actually started Zoloft two days after I gave birth just because I was on medication before I got off of it for the pregnancy, just because I tried to keep myself as free and clear from like any kind of medication while I was pregnant. But then, so I got back on Zoloft and that worked for a while until it didn't. And so I was fine for about three and a half months postpartum. And I remember one night, now this is going to be triggering for some people, but one night I was doing the dishes and I was washing a knife and I was like, well, I could just like, you know, hurt myself, get a break. Like I was really overwhelmed and I was just exhausted. I was still waking up like around the clock. Like I was not sleeping through the night. I was tired. I had a three month old. I had just started a new job on top of all of that. And so I was terrified and I was just like, I need to put this down before I do something that like, yeah, yeah, I shouldn't do. And like, I had never, like, I mean, I haven't really ever had those thoughts. Like it was always, you know, like, I feel like every teenager to an extent, like any teenager that's like bullied or like wants to be a rebel or whatever. And, you know, I grew up in the Tumblr era. So that was kind mm-hmm. of a big thing on there. And so, yeah. And I went upstairs to my husband and I was like, I seriously need some help. Like, this is not who I am. This is not who I want to be. I'm scared. And then that thought turned into every time I was driving, like, oh, well, I could just like, what would happen if I hit this car? Or what would happen if I just went off the side of the road? And yeah, I was just not okay. But I was actually getting an IUD and like implanted and so they had to do some like testing or whatever before and so I was actually already going to the doctor and so I looked at the medical assistant I was like hey like I'm having quite a bit of depression and I didn't know if you guys have like any phone numbers or anybody that I could talk to or anybody that you guys recommended and so she was like oh I don't think so and so she came back and she handed me a list that was from 2013 where only one of the like providers that was on there, there was like four providers on there and only one was still in business. Oh, geez. Yeah. And I was like, this is like, what if I was not with it enough to realize like I can find something like, what if I just hid this or what if I didn't have a support system that I did in that moment? Like, what if my husband was like off working somewhere, yeah. you know, like, Yeah, it's scary to think about what could have happened. Yeah, and it was just like, so basically I found a therapist on my own with no, and I mean, if anybody is in the area, they're called River Root Counseling. They specialize in women's issues like postpartum, like pregnancy even. They are amazing. They are literally the only reason why I'm here right now, and yeah, so I started going to therapy. I pay for it out of pocket. It's expensive and I hate it, but anything to not feel like I want to hurt myself, I will do. 
And so, yeah, now I go all the time. She literally saved my life. Like, I don't say that lightly. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it's scary. But honestly, for anybody who's going through it, like, I promise you it gets better. And I promise you that your baby's life is worth it. Your life is worth it. Like, you don't want your baby to grow up. You don't want to be a statistic. You just, like, just snuggle your baby a little bit harder. Find help, please. Like, your life is so precious and so beautiful. And you never know. Like, you can't watch your baby grow up and go to college and go to, I mean, heck, I get, like, sentimental over. My baby had his first daycare pictures. Yeah. And I was like, they're terrible. But I was like, I love these so much. I will always treasure them. And yeah, just the little moments, like your life is so important and so beautiful. And please just hang in there because it gets better. Find somebody that you vibe with. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I love that we're ending it on that note too, because you're right. It does get better. And it's so hard to think that when you're going through it, because you feel a lot of people feel so hopeless, like this is what it's going to be like for the rest of my life. Yeah. I promise it gets better. Coming from somebody who's lived it, it gets better and life is truly beautiful. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Well, before we wrap up, I do want you to share if you have a social media that anybody wants to connect with you with. I'm curious if you know offhand what those Instagram pages were that you followed that you thought were so helpful for your exclusive pumping. Yeah. So pump underscore mama underscore pump. Yep. Love her. One, be my breast friend. She's been on here before. Yep. Love her. Bear motherhood underscore. Mm-hmm. She's great. There's a few other, I feel like. Oh, Dr. Marta Perez. She wasn't mm-hmm. like, the exclusive something, but mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know the other ones offhand, but I'll definitely send them to you. Yeah. Yeah. And then my Instagram is private, but if you just kind of send me a follow request and if I can see that you're a mom or whatever, a normal person. Yeah. Yeah. Then I'll definitely accept, but it's Jordan, J O R D A N, and then Sturt. So S is in Sam, P is in Tom, E is in Elephant, R, P is in Tom, V is in Zebra. So S-P-E-R-T-Z. Love it. Love it. Well, we'll put those resources, Instagram pages that you just named off. And if you send me any more, put those in the show notes page and then a link to your profile as well. If people want to connect with you, thank you so much for coming on today. This was fabulous. And I think so needed, you know, sometimes Sometimes I'll hear podcasts or just birth stories in general, and you think they're only positive out there, but it's important to hear stories like yours too, to just normalize that things like this happen. Yeah. And things don't always go according to plan, but I will say another thing that I'm proud of is going completely unmedicated girl, Pitocin. Yeah, girl. That is not for the faint of heart. No, it is not. (laughs) Yes, it is possible. And no, it is not for the pain of heart. Yeah, that is definitely something to be proud of for sure. All right, guys, that wraps up this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and letting me be a part of your motherhood journey. It is truly an honor. 
If you like what you heard, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And I love hearing what you guys think of the podcast. So if you're liking what you hear or you have a suggestion, I'd be so grateful if you'd go ahead and leave me a review wherever you're listening to help more mamas just like you find the show. What do you think? Are you starting to feel a little more confident about your pregnancy and birth? Well, if you want more, be sure to head on over to mommylabornurse.com slash podcast for today's show notes and a library of episodes so you can keep getting educated before your upcoming birth. And while you're over there, be sure to check out the blog and learn about our online birth classes. Find it all and more over at mommylabornurse.com slash podcast. See you next week. Same time, same place.